Does it feel weird being back? <laughs> Dude, it does. I pulled up and I was like, ooh, I legit just got goosebumps too. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Man, the memories. Do we just do crazy shit? Well, not only that, but like, God, how many hours have we spent here? Like, talking and meeting new people and drinking. Drinking and then going on crazy late night adventures to find aliens. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we went to... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Dogway. Dogway the one night. <laughs> yeah. Like three in the morning. Damn, that was a good time. That was a good time. We need to do something like that again. Yeah, I've been wanting to get out and like go do something like out of the city. Right? So you guys went to Area 51 though for Storm Area 51, right? Yes. How was that? <laughs> <laughs> it was uh it was actually more fun than I I thought it was gonna end up being more serious. Like, okay. I thought there was going to be people there who were like, we're going. But it ended up just being like a, almost felt like a music festival, to be honest with you. Really? And there was vendors selling alien shit. People showed up dressed up. They had a, well, here, this is the weird thing is like, there was three separate situations going on. So there was like, where we were at, there was like, kind of like a stage set up. And there was bands that played the night that we were there. Um, when we drove out though, which was the Friday and the Saturday was when they were actually going to storm, if I remember right, Mm -hmm. we decided to drive to Vegas and stay the night in Vegas Friday night because we couldn't figure out if it was going on or not. And we were tired and like, eh, but I guess the reality was Friday was the big party. Saturday was kind of like the leftovers. Oh, gotcha. But I guess what happened was where we went was kind of like the slower end. There was another gate where all the like popular people went. Like Bob Lazar actually was there. Like oh, people from the Ancient Aliens show were there, and it was like a huge, a bigger deal. But the gate that we went to was just kind of like more of a like a shitty festival. But oh, it was still fun. God. Like yeah. it was still like, oh, we're at Area Fifty One. We walked up to the gate, and you know they had extra extra security. They were all holding ARs and. But they were all shooting the shit. Like, I think they were expecting something bad to happen. Yeah. And the reality was we were all just talking. Dang. You know? That's going to go down in history for sure. Yeah. (laughs) The weird thing is they kept talking about it was going to be annual. So they were going to do it again this year. But I haven't never heard anything. Dang. Because I think they just wanted to try and... Make some money? Yeah. Because it all started out as a joke, right? Yeah. the The dude on Facebook made that page and it was like... Storm Area 51 to go clap alien cheeks. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah something like that, yeah. yeah. And then it blew up to a bigger thing. And I actually think that he got contacted by, like, a lot of government agencies saying, like, hey, if this actually happens, like, you could be held responsible for, like, a lot of it and get charged. And then he was like, hey, guys, we're not going and doing <laughs> right. it. Yeah, he's like, nah. <laughs> we're not storming anything. Like, we're sitting out. We're not doing it. But... I, I think that they ended up uh, doing a party down in Vegas, too, for it, like, the same night. Dang. And that's where, like, a large portion of people went. They were all dressed up in alien shit. That's crazy. But it was cool. And, like, I, we stopped by, like, the... There's two... There's two, like, shops. There's, like, a shop with a big metal alien out there that is literally just Area 51 memorabilia. Oh. And, like, it was popping. Like, they had, like, food trucks there and a bunch of vendors. And the dude who owned the building was out there talking to everybody. And, like, you could go in there. And it's exactly what you would think. It's, like, a little fucking, you know, dinky shop with, like, 
knickknacks that are alien related like oh yeah we're area 51 here's some cool shit right was the guy just a nut though no he was pretty normal oh wow yeah it just seemed like he was i don't know how long he had been there but it kind of just seemed like yeah this is a business that's fair what does that say can you read that drop frames to type oh cool gotta love it right right but that's pretty interesting that you went and uh speaking of bob lazar i was gonna say i actually like i listened to his podcast a couple joe rogan's podcast with him at work and i was like oh man that's right he has the netflix show and i actually just finished it like two days ago i was really disappointed really <laughs> i mean it was cool i like the fact that mickey rourke did like the narration of it yeah i was like that's pretty badass but i don't know i was like expecting to see something um, cool yeah like, like cause, different you know, yeah because he's like oh we went out in the desert and i showed my friends like some uh test flights and i was like oh cool i want to see these test flights so i was like man so what do you where do you fall on the bob lazar like do you think like what do you think he actually had seen or is he because i have mixed opinions honestly <laughs> see i have mixed opinions too like I don't know, just, like, reading his body language, and, like, I've watched some of his, like, previous, like, interviews and stuff, I'm like, his story is, like, the exact same, and his body language isn't, like, oh, like, he's, like, looking away or, like, doing anything, he's just dead serious, and his story is the exact same. I mean, a few things might have changed, but, like, over the years, that's gonna happen, obviously, right. but the part that gets me is, is like, ah, oh, I went to MIT and, what was it, Cal Burke or something, I'm like, oh, yeah, we have no records of you ever being here. That's what I was like, they wanted to erase that man exactly but then there's like the proof that there's like his uh a number extension like on these government agencies that he worked at so i'm like huh and then the fact that the fbi keeps raiding him because he may or may not have uh, element 115 like i don't know that's kind of i i kind of feel the same way because i don't think that he's lying i because if he is lying he's very good He's a very good actor. Right. And, like, the only thing that kind of sucks is, like, if this has brought him so much trauma that he struggles to talk about, I feel bad about that, and I feel bad that we're trying to get this guy to talk more. Right. But at what point do you, like, if you really did see all this stuff, do you realize that this is bigger than just you, you know? Because if he really did work on UFOs, and he really does have this element 151, or maybe does... And all these stories are true. You would think you'd want to push it more just for humanity's sake, right? That's tough. Because if I was in, I mean, I guess hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Like we could all say if we were in his shoes, we would do it different. But then again, I haven't drove down the road and had guns shot at me, and people try to hit my car like he claimed, and right, you know, getting raided by the government every single day. And I think he, I think he does have it. Oh, I for sure think he has it, but he's not dumb enough to keep it at his house. No, it's like, I think it's... I bet it's like at a geocache somewhere, just in the middle of the, like the right. middle of the wilderness. Yeah, he's and he's a brilliant person. Right. I mean, he has been since he was when he did go to all this schooling, and like he's not dumb enough to keep it at his business. Like, right. Well, like in the Bob Lazar documentary, it shows him like walking down like this like grove, and then he's like Bob something about uh, element 115 or whatever. 
If that's even the name, I, I can't remember. Is it 115 or 151? It's one of those two. Yeah, 151's wrong. That's true, damn. <laughs> but, like, it, like, talks about, like, the element for, like, a quick second, and then it pans off to something else. And I'm like, why are you in the middle of, the, like, the wilderness talking about that? Right. So I'm like, hmm, maybe it's out there. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I catch myself believing people who talk about aliens without questioning them as much and i think i have to start questioning more yeah just because like i believe in aliens and i've had it i've had my own personal experience where i was like that could really be something yeah it's in the picture yeah and you know it leaves me wanting to believe these guys because it almost would justify my thing yeah like my interaction and you know i i don't like what does bob lazar have to gain Especially in 2018, 2019, 2020. Right. He, he stopped talking about it for 15 years. And the only reason why it came about was what? Wasn't it like Joe Rogan fanboys going and talking about the event? Yeah, something like that. Or uh, what is that guy's name? Jeremy something. Yeah. It was like, I don't know, he probably wanted to make a documentary. But, I mean, if he did lie for real, he's a good liar. Yeah. But then again, uh the Pentagon released those, or, like, they declassified those UFO videos, like, the Navy pilots saw, and then they're like, oh, we don't know. And I'm like, it kind of described what Bob Lazar was talking about, how it would, like, fly, and then it'd, like, belly up. It really proved a lot of his points. So I was like, shoot. And you even hear the pilot go, that's impossible for them to go that fast in these kind of winds. I was like, oh. Okay, yeah. The declassification of those videos really could change I'm surprised it didn't change more. Like, it got talked about for, like, a week, and everyone's, like, sharing the videos around. Right. Now it's just gone. Yeah, and, and that's what sucks, too. But just because, I mean, it's classified as a UFO doesn't mean it's, like, an alien for, no. by any means. I guess people could look at it and be like, oh, it's just some Russian spy plane or something. Right. But then again, like, got the Russians have something like that. How did they get it? Yeah, exactly. I think, I think the other chunk of uh, crazy alien stuff is the whole the tech boom after Roswell. Right. You know, that after Roswell happened and after whether you believe it or not, like something happened there. I mean, the event just wasn't created for no reason. Yeah. You know, after that, you could look at like a, a tech line of how quickly we were able to advance after Roswell compared to how we were advancing beforehand. Right. It was like night and day. Like we all of a sudden had tech that some people couldn't even explain that's true that is very true but also if you like go back to like ancient times you like look at like the egyptian like hieroglyphs it shows like these um higher supreme beings and it looks like they're coming from like a ufo so i don't know people are like ah who helped build the pyramids i kind of think aliens for sure right i mean i don't know they're too spot on in where they're placed with the stars (laughs) that that's the thing that is weird to me is how they were able to perfectly because, like, we know, like, I think the average person would be a million times smarter than someone who was alive during the times of when the pyramids were getting made. You think so? I, yeah. Because, mm-hmm. like, we have so much more knowledge and we have so much more capability to learn things that I, I, I really do think we are. And how would, like, we, like, it would be difficult to do what they did with the tech we have now. That is true. So how did they do it? Just winging it? Right. I and those, those pyramids aren't small. It's not like they just, 
you know, a guy could have went out there and moved him around or did things like that. They are they've been aligned. Yeah. Right to is it Orion's belt or I don't even know. Honestly couldn't tell you that. It's a certain cluster, I know for sure. Uh Ninja Freak says notice me, Senpai, you're noticed. For sure. <laughs> Hello, amigo. What's up? Saintus level three? Love... Saintus level three? Or I think Satan is Saint is live. Oh, Saint is live. Duh. Sorry. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Stuff like that always gets me. I mean, but they weren't dumb either. I mean, uh, I was listening to this uh, podcast where they were talking about, like, the Egyptians and how, like, when they go back and, like, try and put them on display at a museum, they just find, like, these big, like, metal rods next to their leg. And they're like, what is this for? Mm. And... Turns out that during the mummification process, they would take like these big steel rods and they would hammer them down, you know, the males hang down, so he was hard in the afterlife. So he could uh, get some booty, clap some cheeks, and they no have to like, yeah, dude. It's crazy. Like Cleopatra, they, she had like, um, she had a vibrator that they put bees in to vibrate. Like, that's some crazy. They were freaks back then. Yeah, I was going to say, dude, they were trying to do some wild shit. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, dude. I, I I don't remember which podcast it was off of, but I heard that. But I think the thing that blows my mind, and let me fact check myself, but wasn't like the age. Um, Egyptian during pyramid. <laughs> like 28 yeah like they didn't live very well 30 years for women average age of death of 19 years however those who survived childhood had a life expect expectancy of 30 years for women and 34 years for men so like even some of your most powerful people were in their like 30s you know they were they would be our elders and like the people running everything would be like 10, 12, 13. Yeah, right. So, like, they, if that was, like, the average age they lived, and we're going to go a little bit biblical here, but then, like, how was Moses, like, 900 years old? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Just broke the internet. <laughs> yeah, a little weird on that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then there's the whole idea that, like, in Egyptian culture, there's the exact same story that gets told about Jesus. Like, the same exact everything like he dies he comes back reincarnated he was birthed by no man like his wife his mom was immaculately conceived or whatever like interesting it's like literally the same story of jesus it was just their story that acacia tree was treating them good that has given him the has given him all the good thoughts yeah for real that was probably the burning bush for real yeah i honestly like if I were to believe parts of the Bible, I definitely think the burning bush had some sort of psychedelic properties oh, to it. Right. Or at least got them high in a way that would allow them to have visions. Because, I mean, that's, I mean, if we want to get into those types of theories, I mean, that's kind of how a lot of people think consciousness really came about was some sort of edible plant or fungus that was able to trigger the start of thinking. Yeah, that's kind of like uh, the stoned ape theory, how the monkeys yeah. came down and ate the mushrooms. Right. But uh, actually, like, there was a study, like, some lady, like a museum curator, 
or someone who's like dealing with the mummies i can't remember what they're called uh was like doing tests on them and she found like cocaine like these dumb like these mummies were like testing positive for cocaine and she's like who the hell's doing cocaine off of a mummy like hmm. and she's like there's cocaine in the mummy like and she's like yeah test them and everyone's like yeah whatever and then people actually started testing them and they started to notice that there was cocaine in like all of these mummies that were like throughout the world in these museums so i guess that kind of goes to prove like there's probably like intercontinental trades way back in the day and they're probably just high all the time oh yeah so i'm like if they're doing like cocaine or some kind of uh cocoa leaf then they're probably yeah well if we change the perspective of like because nowadays we know like what cocaine is and what it does to the body right negatively versus positively like we know that, but if you go back in the day, if they just, if someone like, if like some trader or whatever found some plant that he chews on and he feels fucking great and it gives him a bunch of energy, yeah, that could be a hot trade commodity. For real. I mean, what else are you going to do when you're just sitting there in the desert anyways? Yeah, being high <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> yeah, you're like, that was the OG burning man. <laughs> right. But yeah, I, I had an interesting conversation with someone a couple weeks ago about the whole idea of fungus, like... Because we are starting to understand fungus more, and there's even God, I forgot the what it's called, but the the system of fungus that it actually connects. Oh, the mycelia. Yeah, the mycelia, right? And that it's almost like laid out how our brains laid out, right? Like it can translate messages between trees and different things like that. And it's almost giving trees. I don't want to say consciousness, but they're more aware than we've ever understood they are. Yeah, and, like, it can't, like, the mycelia, like, go around the tree and be like, ah, oh, we want you to be dead, and, like, it'll kill, like, parts of the forest, right? Right. Like, mycelia is really interesting, and, I mean, I can't remember who talked about fungus being more close to humans than even some other mammals are because of the the way that it's allowed to, like, send messages. is isn't seen anywhere else in nature except in our brain. Yeah, they also, like, breathe in oxygen and put out carbon dioxide, too. Right. That's which crazy. is interesting. I just wanted I, I had this conversation. I'm curious what you think with uh, a gentleman who is actually pretty fairly knowledgeable on um, gardening and soiling and fungus and whatnot. The whole idea that you know we talk about the Earth being aware, right? Yeah. And we think sometimes the Earth might even be fighting back to what we're doing to it, like we're causing harm to the Earth and it's fighting back. Could that be represented in fungus? Like, could they, because we have mushrooms, right, that yeah. will kill humans if we eat it. Oh, yeah. It would just, like, right away. But we also have mushrooms that are extremely, like, healthy. Mm-hmm. They're great for you. And then we have mushrooms that, if consumed, can give you a weird connection with nature where it feels so much more pure and true. Yes. Almost as like, hey, if you take these, you're going to be more friends with us and treat us better. Oh, man, they never gave me that experience. <laughs> 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 no, nah, every time was bad, dude. Every time. I mean, there was a couple good times, I guess, but like yeah, nine out of ten times, it was terrible. Really? Oh, yeah. And I still did them. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Have you dabbled in anything at all in the past? No, dude. I'm completely sober. Yeah? Yeah, dude. It feels great. Same here. 100%. Nothing. Heck, yeah. Like, I mean, like, I want, like, I have the urge, like, oh, I want to drink a beer. Yeah. But I'm like, eh, I don't really need it. Yeah. Because, like, I used to go ham with the... With the specials. Yeah. But then I was just like, I'm literally, I have nothing to gain and I'm losing everything. I'm so, so 
I mean, I guess I gained a little bit. I guess I'll take that back. I gained some knowledge. Right. Do I regret it? No. That's how I feel. I don't regret anything. But I'm I'm honestly scared to do it again if I was if I was going to. Because I look at all those experience, push them into one and go, hmm. If I just had one last time to do it, would I? I don't know. Right. I think for me it changes a lot too. I'll go like months and say like, no, I never want to do it again. And then I'll go months where like, if I'm given the opportunity, I will do it right now. Interesting. And I, I think it's just mindset, right? Like sometimes I'm in a better mindset and a more comfortable and willing mindset where sometimes I'm just like, that's the last thing I need in my life. Yeah, for real. I get that. I get that. So I want to switch like the topics though. Absolutely. Um, when we kind of, when we as Top Shelfers stopped doing podcasting as much during that like last year, um, you were taking up a lot of jujitsu yeah. and doing things like that. Did you, are you still doing it much or? Um, I actually haven't really had much time now that I'm working two jobs. Right. However, like uh, the the professor of the gym actually like, he just kind of, kind of bailed out, like moved oh, really? to Thailand. Yeah. So I think a couple students bought the gym and are now teaching. Um, and I mean, they're good, they're good teachers. But I don't know, I just haven't really had time. But if I was to go back and do jujitsu, I'd probably be going to 10th Planet in Salt yeah. Lake. Yeah, I've heard it's really great. Dude, I, and it's cheaper. The gym's smaller for sure, but ah, no gi, man. Right. No gi. No gi. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm curious, being, because I know that you were doing it pretty heavily for, God, what, a better half of a year? Almost a year, whole year, yeah, actually. Whole year. I was doing it like five days a week. Sometimes twice a day. Do you think that it, you gained more from having that in your life than anything that's like, I don't know. And what I guess what I'm trying to ask is like, what did you gain mentally from doing jujitsu? I don't know. I gained a lot of confidence, like looking at people and like like kind of like analyzing how situations go. It's kind of weird. Like I feel like I've learned to analyze people and like their body language and kind of going, hmm, all right. But then again. I feel like I gained a lot of uh, self-confidence and just kind of the best word to be like, the best way to put it would be like, I'm just as chill as a cucumber now. I used to be this hothead, like I'm going to kick everyone's butt. I'm going to go to the store and like someone would look at me and be like, sup? Like, I don't know. I just like try and be that tough guy. And like doing jujitsu made me realize, no, I'm not really that tough. Mm. But then again, I probably know more than you. So like you uh, humbly handle yourself if need to be. Yeah, but it's not looking for the. Yeah, and I used to like always want to like go look for it, and I'm just like, no, nah, I have no desire to do that. But yeah. I've noticed without doing it, I have been a little bit more like antsy, like, oh gosh, like I wish I could go out and do something like that. Right. Which made me realize oh, I probably should cut back on work and go invest more time in me. Yeah, that's. I mean, I think as we mature, I mean, that's always the hardest thing to try and balance, right? Is like what responsibilities can we take on versus how much are we willing to sacrifice exactly me time free time but at the same time like i don't know i think we just always shift our our mindset of like what is it that's going to be the most important yeah and if it is you know working two jobs and making sure you know things are less are more laxed financially you know, 
maybe that's the best move. That's true. Uh, it's not that I don't hate working two jobs. Like, I love it, but it's also stressful because I'm like, I just have no time for me. But then again, I see my money and I'm like, huh, hey. What's up? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, we're good for a couple You're months. like, how many fucking commas is that? That's looking yeah, nice. Like, <laughs> it's like, hard work pays off, but like, come this fall, I'm going to be going back to school. Yeah. So, going to cut back. However, I'm going to quit my electrical job and I there's this place in Farmington it's like a health and wellness center that I'm going to try and swoop a job at mm. so with your um, job I don't know did you have you said I don't want to like with I know with the job that you have that's mm-hmm. interesting are you under any restrictions on stuff that you can talk about uh, I'd pr- actually just prefer not to talk about that yeah if that's cool oh I'm absolutely just, yeah I'm like because mm, I'm like I don't know who's going to listen to this but <laughs> just to stay safe right no, that's why I asked is because I know that, you know, there's definitely confidential yeah. stuff. And, you know, as interesting as it might be, it's not worth, you know. Yeah. Thank you for respecting that. Oh, you know, yeah. Some people, people are like, like, oh, tell me about it. I'm like, no, I really, I really can't. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, it's, yeah, I, I totally understand that. Plus, it's, I don't know. I get, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's very interesting, but at the same time, like, it is your job and it is, you know. Yeah, split bread maker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, I mean, if I eventually don't end up working there, I'm more than willing to talk about it. But that's the problem. Like, I want to work there because I love it so much. Right. It's a great environment, and I learn a lot, and I see really cool things. Well, that's exciting. I mean, and it's always good to have a job where you're actually wanting to go. Yeah, there's not ever been a day where I'm like, oh, I really don't want to go to this job today. It's always like, I can't freaking wait. <laughs> like, I'm so happy to hear that from you because, like, that it can be it's tough sometimes with jobs. It is. And like I was like, oh, it's probably just a phase where I love love going to work. And I was like, I don't know, going on like almost what, five, six months now. I'm like, oh my gosh, like let's go, let's go. <laughs> That's awesome. You do nights though, right? Yeah. I, I love it, dude. It's rough. Some days I work like twenty hours straight. <sighs> Fuck. Yeah, go work the day, go home, shower. <laughs> Are you still drinking coffee? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that there had to have still been something that was giving you. Oh, I love my coffee. Because that would be hard. Like, I don't know. Because I know that you got you, you look fit and you got into really good shape through the jujitsu and different things like that. I've been running a lot. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So I imagine that your body is able to keep up with that and, you know. Yeah. For the most part. And I don't know. I've kind of like tweaked some things in my life, too. Kind of going like to my like holistic side of things like I don't know I'm like wearing these uh minimalist shoes kind of like these oh like, tell me about it so these are running shoes but so like with your your shoes you know I have you have like a thick wedge right so and I think this is Nike's fault like Nike introduced like this foam wedge and it would like change the way that people were running yeah and it's like really bad for you it turns out and I used to love like my Nikes like I could run like. Not even bragging, like six miles probably, and just be like, well, good run. And then I went to these flat shoes. I tried running like two miles. I couldn't even make like a mile and a half. I was like, holy shit! Like these are tough. Really? Yeah, it's it's tough. So I've been just trying to like get used to it wearing, because it has like a wider toe box too, because your toes are meant to be more spread out instead of like with like those shoes. Crunched. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Know. It's kind of like my the muscles in my feet have built up too, so that's kind of nice. Hmm. Because I've heard about that, right? Because I wear, 
Um, I wear Chucks a lot too. I believe Chucks are on the more minimalist side of things. Yeah, I believe so because they're more flat. They're more flat, but they thin. also have a thicker, uh, like, gap between you and pavement. Mm. Where those ones look like there's not really a whole lot of. Yeah, there's like not much padding inside. Like I went to the shoe stores, like no padding, like minimum. Hmm. They're like, all right. So I don't know. It's helped. Do but... you feel like your feet? Sh- are stronger than they've ever been yeah it's weird i feel like i can like jump higher run a little bit faster and like being on my feet for 20 hours a day like i used to get fatigued like wearing like my nikes or my vans but now that i like started doing these i'm like i'm fine like my toes are free Mm. because i definitely i the i'm working 10 hour shifts at my job nice and uh i wear work boots oh yeah Uh, i have to have steel toes Mm. and like i get I'll have fatigue probably, like, I work Monday through Thursday. I'll have fatigue going into, like, Wednesday lunchtime. My feet will just be donezo. Have you, like, tried changing out your soles at all? Yeah, I just recently did. It's getting a little bit better, but I tried to find soles that weren't, didn't have the curved arch. I feel like that was starting to cause a problem with me. Those are terrible for you. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, oh, look at those arch. Look at that arch support. I'm like, no, you don't need that. You can run a train through there. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Because our feet are naturally supposed to just be on the ground. Yeah. But I don't know. I've just kind of like been changing my lifestyle, like I said, kind of doing like a holistic side of things. Um, Actually, today I did like a cryotherapy session. Oh, really? Never done it. I haven't done cryo. I've done um, float. Oh, yeah. You've done the float tank? Yeah. So I've never done that. I want to. It can be really amazing. Okay. Um, Love it. My, so my experience with the float tank, I went with my girlfriend because we were very interested in it and uh, we found a Groupon or whatever. And when you get in the tank, it's at the start, I felt very like weird. Because, like, I'm, f- I'm legit floating. I turned off all the lights. Um, the hardest part that I had is where this is located. It was on 1200 and State or something like that. Okay. So, literally, the room that I was in, it was room, wall, sidewalk, Main Street. Oh, no. So, like, it was very loud. Yeah. So, next time I go, I would want to bring earplugs. But there was small glimpses of moments where I would be floating 100% not feeling any of my weight and my brain was sending almost like weird signals to my body like like almost increasing my relaxation but I didn't have any I don't know if I just couldn't completely get out of like the moment and try and like have like brain because I know that they say, like, some people can hallucinate. Some people can have, like, really profound mental experiences while floating. Yeah. I didn't have any of that. But I did feel physically when I got out, I stretched. I took a shower to get all the salt off and different things like that. And for the next several weeks, my body felt great. Dang. Like, physically felt great. But I didn't have any of the mental side of it. I mean, one problem, too, is I I tried to shift mm-hmm. and just got assholes of salt in my eyes <laughs> so it's this the water is the same temperature as your skin right yes and what is it like 700 pounds of salt yeah some salts a, in there? it's a lot it's a weird sensation because like 
you know, you can float in water normally, but it feels different. Yeah. It feels like free. I, that's the only way I can really explain it. And like, as far as like stretching my back out and like, cause I don't really have much physical problems. Like yeah. I don't like everyone, like I have the same stuff that most people do. Like my lower back hurts sometimes or like, you know, my feet hurt sometimes, but nothing like crazy. But after that float, I really just felt, felt extra good. Interesting. And I don't really know why. It could have been placebo. Maybe. But, but if it was placebo, I mean, I don't know, because, like, there's been reports on it, and it, like, supposed to be really good for your mental health, too. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just the pure relaxation, not the stress of the world. Yeah, it might be. I wonder if you could have, like, an OBE in a float tank. I think that you probably could because, I mean, there was some moments where I felt, like, euphoric a little bit. Okay. And I think that may have just been the darkness with my eyes open but my eyes feeling like they're closed. So it's pitch black, right? Yeah, pitch black. No light creeping in. No. Ooh, I think I'd like that. It's definitely a weird thing. Your eyes do adjust, obviously, like, not to a point where you can see anything, but you're more comfortable with the dark. Yeah. Because how often do we really sit in pure dark? Yeah, never. You know, <laughs> it, it definitely was a cool situation. There was times where I felt a little euphoric. Okay. But I never got – I. what I want to do is I, want, I obviously want to do it again, but I want to have a longer time period. And now going in, I know that I want to wear as loose-fitting goggles as I can and earplugs that are comfortable. Because I gave us earplugs, but they just didn't – they weren't comfortable mm-hmm. because I think if I could legit just sit there and not have anything feel like it's touching me and be completely in dark and not have the outside road, I feel like there is something that could potentially happen mentally. And it might be the same thing that happens with people who are masters in meditation. And it almost seems like this is a shortcut to get what those masters know. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. So tell me about the cryo. Dude, so there's different levels. There's like beginner, intermediate, intermediate, advanced, pro, and then like extreme. And I was like, hmm, first time. Let's go extreme. Like just jump <laughs> right in. He's like, you sure? I'm like, positive. It's just like 220 degrees. I was uh, below zero. I was like, bring it on. So it's just three minutes and standing there. And it's not unbearable, actually. It's very peaceful. Mm. The weirdest part for me is, like, I was breathing through my nose, and as I was breathing, I'm like, oh, I can feel, like, my nose hair is, like, crystallizing. Oh. So it was weird, and I, like, looked down, and, like, my arm hair, my leg hair was just just white, just frostbitten. I was like, ooh. But you go in, you're wearing, like, mittens and uh, socks and, like, little uh, slippers, so your, like, extremities aren't getting frost nip, but... I came out of it after three minutes, and it was peaceful because, like, you can pick any song you want. So I just picked my favorite song, got in the zone. I was like, this is awesome. I'm feeling good. I came out, and from wearing, like, these minimal shoes, I'm not super used to it. So, like, my lower back still kind of is, like, it aches and gets pains after running. And so I mainly went to do that before my lower back, and I came out, no back pain. And it was just, like, waves of euphoria, like, three hours after I'd be really? sitting at home. I was, like, playing COD earlier. And it was just like, ooh, whoa, whoa, I got some goosebumps going on. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, have you, like, what's the science behind it? Like, is it hitting the nerves and, like, relaxing them? 
So I think what it does is because like your your surface temperature drops. So they told me they want your surface temperature to drop at least thirty degrees. I think mine dropped like forty five mm-hmm. because I did the coldest. But what it does is it takes. I'm pretty sure it takes the blood away from like your like extremities, your outer extremities, and it flushes all the blood to your like internal organs and tries to like sort of keep you warm. But I also think it like triggers like your brain to be like a hormone sort of like a. Jeez, drawing a blank here. Basically, it triggers your brain to go, "Hey, we're dying," and it like releases all like all these hormones into your body, so it like can boost like testosterone, and like all these other things. Like, there's a huge list. I didn't really care to listen to the lady. I was like, I just felt good. Right. <laughs> but basically, you go in like I think you can go like four times a week, and that's when you start noticing the effects immediately. But it pushes the blood to like all those damaged areas. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And it's it nice. really does. Like, you warm up, and you're supposed to warm up really fast, too. Because, like, going hot to cold, hot to cold right. is really good for you. Where, where is it at? Uh, Station Park in Farmington. Really? I won't say their name just because I don't really... We don't sponsor them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but if you want to be sponsored... Yeah, we're... Yeah. Female. What's up, Aaron? Who this? Jordan F. Are you talking about DMT? Hello? Never mind, Def, not DMT. Yeah, no, not talking about DMT. No. I mean, I guess we kind of talked about the acacia tree for a split second, but. Yeah. That's something still that is still in my head of I don't know if I will ever do or not. Do it, dude. DMT? Recommend it. Mm-hmm. Once. Do it once. 15 minutes, change your life. That's what I've heard. Or. Save up some bucks and go to the jungle and have a shaman do it. But that also doesn't sound fun because you got to, like, puke and crap your guts out, so. That scares me, too, just because, like, I feel like the only thing that would hold me, like, I, I, I know a lot about it and I hear a lot of stories, right? But, like, if I knew that I was in a safe space or safe place, I would feel more comfortable but being in the jungle, I don't know how safe that is, you know? Right? Yeah, you're, like, hearing, like, all the wildlife. You're like, oh, no. And I feel like if that triggers in my brain, it might actually make it worse. That's fair. But I don't know. I mean, I... And ayahuasca lasts a long time. Like, three-something hours? Maybe even longer. I, I don't know how many hours, but... I feel like I'd have to build up to it. Because what if I did DMT and I hated it? But so I skipped DMT and went and did ayahuasca. So I think, well, that's what ayahuasca is, essentially, is DMT. Right. But, so I think, like, it's like a multiple night thing. And, like, the first night, at least for some companies, they'll just give you a little bit. Just to, like, right. and if you're like, nope, nope, I'm out. They'll be like, cool, pack your bags, go home. We don't want you here. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but. <laughs> Get your ass out of the building. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, some stinky little guy wearing a loincloth kicks you out. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, God damn it. Yeah, you're like, ah, $1,600 down the toilet. Yeah. But I know, like, I think it's like three nights of, like, the meditation. And then, like, after that, it's like, ah, we're going to go talk about how you felt. We're going to do some yoga, maybe with goats. I don't know. I take a mud bath. Right. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Aaron says, try it, Wes. It's a short-ass trip. It feels great. It makes death not seem scary and shit. DMT ayahuasca for the white man. For, <laughs> <laughs> for real. It's just for the rich people who are like, yeah, I kind of want to do drugs, but I'm actually just going to tell people I'm going to the, the rainforest to have a spiritual experience. Right. True. Yeah. True. We're going to go to the Amazon. 
like, great. There's a river there, and things they can kill you. Things of nightmares. Yeah, big things of very sharp teeth nightmares. Right. No way. No thanks. Is that where uh, the fucking what are those alligator family species called? Cayman or something like that? I think so. Yeah. Those things are terrifying. <laughs> facts. Facts. Big facts. But I don't know. That's where I'm like, ah, I'd do it. Maybe. I don't know. Because I like, I like how I feel. I like how I'm feeling. All right. Take care, man. Peace, man. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel too lately. Like, everything is starting. I think I went through a little bit of a, like, demotivated and, like, not really feeling like doing anything phase. And then, for some reason lately, I've just been feeling, like, good, positive, happy. COVID screwed with me, dude. Yeah. I didn't get it. I mean, knock on wood that I don't. There's, there's some wood. There you go. Like, I don't know. It really kicked me off my horse. Yeah. I was like, you can't do anything. Uh-huh. Well, I guess, like, we can, like, order food and sit here and watch movies. Can't go to the gym. Can't do anything. I mean, they're like, social distance. I'm like, I still hang out with friends all the time. But it's still, like... What a weird time to be alive. You can't it even really is. You can't go to the gym, you can't do can't go to the movies. Like that's killing me. I'm like, all these good movies are supposed to come out and now we're stuck with nothing. Yeah. We're stuck with what they wanna give us on some sort of streaming platform. Yeah, and it just drives me nuts because you know me, I'm such an active person. I mean I and I guess I'm using COVID as an excuse. I guess I really could go out and go do those things, but when To an extent, yeah. But it's like, ugh, I don't know. Like I don't I don't wear a mask outside of work. Right. I mean, yeah, I don't either. When I see people wearing masks and gloves in the car, I'm like, you just brought all those germs with you into your car. <laughs> right. Like, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I haven't gotten COVID either. Um, we did have a scare at my job, though. Oh, a gentleman did get it, and uh, he ended up coming into work knowing that he had it. And uh, thankfully, it didn't spread, and thankfully, he uh, survived the experience. But, we were shut down for two weeks, and, like, I honestly, for those two weeks, I was, like, I, I said it on a stream of some sort that I was doing, like, I think it was, I don't know, I remember what it was, but I was streaming games during my two-week quarantine, because I was, like, I don't know what the fuck else am I going to do. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if you felt that, I'm sure everyone felt this, but life just literally felt so different. Dude, it did. And I got invested in this video game, I played, like, I can't remember what it's called. Alan Wake or something for like... Dude, that game is lit. It's so fucking good. Dude, it's way good. So good. <laughs> I play, I streamed it for like five or six hours one day. And Dude. I was so invested. I was having a good time. Like, people were coming in. We were watching, hanging out or whatever. And I ended the stream and I remember getting up and like walking out of my bedroom. And then it hit me. I was like, oh yeah, COVID's going on. Life's not normal right now. And, like, it, it flushed this, like, weird, like, feeling over me. Like, I'm like, this is, like, I felt so uncomfortable. I haven't felt uncomfortable in life for a long time. Like, not that kind of uncomfortable. Like, yeah. I was like, man, this is, like, like, I was scared, honestly. Like, if I'm being honest with you, like, I was scared. The uncertainty. Yeah. The uncertainty is, like, what, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, my work never stopped. Like, I work both my jobs. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know. I took a couple of days off here and there because I was like, oh, I'm working too much. But other than that, like, I was working both jobs. Like, 
actually my one company gave me a paper that's like, hey, if you get stopped by the police, you show them this and they'll let you go. I'm like, all right. Same with me, yeah. So, I mean, I got that. I never had to, like, use it. Except for, like, the riots downtown. Really? Yeah, they like, so they blocked off where I work. And I was like, hey, I work, like, right there. And I was <laughs> like, <"Pfft." laughs> But crazy times. Like, I remember when COVID first started getting, like, big. I was like, oh, no. This is weird. Because, like, my birthday's in March. I was like, I can't do anything for my birthday. I think I sat home for my birthday, dude. Yeah. I was like, what a shit year. Like, I know. For real, for like, 2020 has just been, I'm over it, honestly. Like, oh, yeah. let's just go to 2021. I mean, it's probably even going to be worse. I mean. Man, I just like all the memes where we're like, yeah, killer bees weren't enough. Hey, here's a, <laughs> now uh, Yellowstone's being active, and there's an asteroid coming, and aliens, and, like, yeah. all this different stuff, and everyone's just starting to get that doomsday, like, apocalypse into time things, and, like, I don't think that the, we're at that point, like. Not yeah. yet. The world can end at any moment, for sure. But, you know, I don't know. I try. It, it's, I think the hardest part about right now is staying positive. It really is hard. Yeah. Like, I remember when COVID started getting big, too. Like, I was over at a friend's house, and all we had on was the news. Hearing about all the deaths, hearing how fast it was spreading, how dangerous it was. I was like, oh, no. Like, this is it, guys. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if we're going to make it. Like, I don't know. I've ne- we've never lived through anything like this. I mean, maybe SARS, but like, I-, I was young. I don't remember that. No. So COVID, I was like, oh, man, we're young adults. Like, this is it. I was like, this is it. Like, No toilet paper. I yeah. Mean, that's when the business was to go make start a bidet business. You know, no toilet <laughs> paper, you spray a bump. For real. I bet they were making money. No, I, I panicked. I went and panicked, bought stuff. I was, I was like, oh, what if all the stores go down? Like, we need food. Like, I went with my mom and we bought, like, cases of ramen and tons of water and all this type of stuff and now it's just sitting but right you know it's still like i think what it showed right is because now we're starting to get like covid's not slowing down no it's actually speeding back up it's what gets me it's speeding back up right now but what what scares me the most is the fact that we weren't prepared when it showed up yeah and we're getting really laxed when it's still ramping up. Yep, and that's a scary thought. And it just goes to show, all these people who are like, we love you, we're your best friend, we'll do anything for you. No, they won't. When they go to the store and they are raiding the stores for toilet paper and food, and you go to the store and you're like, I'm hungry. I should have prepared, but I didn't. Because maybe, maybe you only have one job. Yeah. Or you're barely scraping by and you can, you're barely eating a can of beans. I don't know, that's really drastic. But like, you go and you're like, there's nothing. What do you like, do? I don't know. In my situation, like, I actually had friends who I'm super grateful for them. Like, they're like, we have so much food and we keep getting it. Like, here you go. And, like, they were giving me food. I was like, you guys are freaking, like, my saviors. And, like, right. I've been slowly building up the food storage, you know. And even, like, having a dog, too. All the dog food was gone. I was like, yeah. crap. But I'll tell you what. Someone came between, like, me, my family, my dog especially. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to go John Wick. Oh, yeah. For real. Like, for sure. I think that's the one thing, too, that actually is kind of scary about the situation, too, is I think a lot of people realize that. They're like, man, if shit really hit the fan, like, They're better, better, kill be, people for better be on my side or not. Like, you know, don't come in between me and my family. And that's, I think that's what scares me the most is just the people. Like, if COVID 
gets much worse than what it is right now and we actually start seeing like lots and lots of people dying which i pray i i pray to the god that i don't believe in that <laughs> you know it doesn't get to that point yeah but and you know maybe they're i know that they just said that they found a supplement or some sort of thing that already exists that's actually real rapidly decreasing the rate that people are dying from covid they're not calling it a cure because it's not getting rid of covid but people who are in like the really bad states with covid mm-hmm. it's allowing them to survive the situation so i mean we're getting there's stuff coming about that's helping and i think whether or not we get a real cure or not who knows but i don't think that unless covid adapts and evolves again well, into that, something more dangerous and that's what viruses do though right that's the only thing that we really got to hope doesn't happen because where we're standing right now, the death rates are going down even though we're getting more positive results. Yeah, and I know like uh, this anti-malarial drug. Yeah. I think Donald Trump's taking it. It's like super bad for you, but like it prevents you from getting COVID. And so he's like taking it. I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't take it personally. No. I like, mean, it's just too much of a risk. Yeah, risk versus reward. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It depends on how scared of COVID you actually are. Yeah, and I guess one thing to prove too is like people are like they'll do anything for their family, but I hate to bring up like the current events, but it'll prove to go. You kill one man, you'll have a nation behind that man who right. will destroy and burn down your cities. For real. For real. I mean,. I mean, the whole world went crazy for a bit. Like, yeah. over in the UK, they're like, no, this has to stop. And there was protests all over the world for what we, like, what a lot of Americans have seen for a long time. Yeah. I think that's the part, like, I haven't talked much about the situation on the podcast yet because I just haven't felt like, I don't know what words to use. Because, you know, it's... I'm someone who has grown up with a lot of friends of color, right? Yeah. And, like, I just, it it sucks because, like, I have had friends who've had to deal with racism and being put in situations that, because of how they look. And it sucks that it's had to get to a point of an innocent man dying for there to really be more change and i mean it just how how as humans we allowed it to get to that point is it's sad yeah it is and the thing it irks me because i mean everyone you see these people holding up signs saying i can't breathe i'm like where were you when eric garner was getting choked you know Uh, and i mean i'm pretty sure those officers all got acquitted too yeah, they did. I don't think they. I I kind of hope that they go back and look at that case because I mean that was. I mean I've seen the video. Yeah, selling and loose cigarettes. Loose cigarettes. A man died because he was selling cigarettes. Yeah, that's the thing that baffles me the most is like, why are we, like, why would another person be okay killing someone over such menial shit? Right. Honestly, like what? The dude didn't. Dude was mad that he had to leave because he 
with selling loose cigarettes, why are you even bothering them? Yeah, what about the kid down the street having a, having a lemonade stand? How is that any different? Yeah. He doesn't have permits. Yeah, they both don't have business license. Like, might as well do the same to the kids. Right. Not really, but... <laughs> right, no, but I mean, honestly, they should go shut down the kid. Yeah. You know, and... I don't know. I hope that the situation for a lot of people who... Because, like, as a white individual, right? Like, you know, white privilege is real. You know, it... Do you think so? I do. I do think so. Because I, I think that it's something that I can't explain. And I don't know if I personally had it because I don't know what it's like on the other side. So I don't know if you remember. This was last year, last May. I was really big into running back then, too. Yeah. And I was running. I'm not going to say the city. I'm not going to try and, like, call anybody out i was running down the street and i was jogging i have headphones in I, i'm breathing hard music's pounding i hear sirens i don't really think anything of it I'm like whatever and then i hear stop what you're doing i'm like what the hell is that and i like just turned around and there was a male and a female cop and they had their guns drawn on me and i was like oh what did i do and i like threw my hands up immediately like and at that moment i thought for sure that i was going to be the next hashtag I was like, oh, no, here it is. And like, where's your gun? I was like, what gun? I was like, I, I don't have anything in my hand. Like, what's in your backpack? I was like, uh, like my phone, my wallet, my keys, and a water bottle. That's it. Like, can we search your bag? And I was like, no, you can't because I don't have a gun. I'm not going to run down the street with a gun. I'm, I'm clearly in running apparel. And uh, the fact that they had to pull their guns on me, that irked me. But the fact that I was like, hey, I'm pulling out my phone to record this. They're like, don't. It's already being recorded. I was like, nah, for your safety, I'm pulling mine out from mine. And then the moment I hit record, the moment their attitudes changed. Hmm. And that irks me. And I still think about that. Like, there's no other reason why you would do that. They said that the, the person who made the phone call said that there was a, a possible uh, robbery gone wrong. And the perpetrator was black running down the street with a gun. Well, where we live, there's not many black people. So, I mean, I get it. But I'm running. I have headphones in. Like, I'm not robbing people. I'm just trying to get healthy. I mean, it kind of scares me the fact that, like, if you didn't hear them. Yeah, what if I was shot in the back for running? That's what it, it, it irks me and it scares me. I mean, there's been other times uh, driving uh, Manny's Lexus. I was like, oh, they're driving. And. We get pulled over, and the cop goes, whose car is this? And I was like, this is our car. Like, my name's on the, my name's on the title. And, and you know the car. You've yeah. seen it. Oh, yeah. And the guy goes, no, whose car is this? And I was like, this is my car. Like, we, we own this car. And then I was like, so wait, what'd you even pull me over for? And he goes, oh, your taillight's out. And I was like, really? So we get out of the car. Taillights work. Brake lights work. Turn signals both work. So... You I was like, so you tell me, like, what's not working now? Why is it not working? He goes, it wasn't working a minute ago, but you have a good day. Like, what? He didn't even ask me for, like, my ID. None of that. He just asked me whose car it was. It's my car. And there's just been other, like, little teeny shit, yeah, shit situations like that that have just irked me. So it's just, yeah. I mean, it just goes, I, I think when I say that white privilege exists, 
one of the big things in situations like that, right, is I've never been pulled over for something that I didn't realize I was doing. Yeah. I've never been pulled over and feel like my life was in, like, I was worried for my life. That's you know? fair. I've never had a situation where I was running and cops were, like, trying to get me to stop because I fit a potential situation. Yeah. You know, I, I've never had that. And, like, I don't know. I, I think that it, yeah, it's a tough subject to talk about, obviously. And whether or not white privilege exists, I, I think that it is out there and we're just starting to realize that what it means is weird. As a white person, I'm in a position where I can, I don't feel as much stress. Yeah. And that's what I think it is, for me at least, is there's situations where I hear someone like you who like, like one of the nicest fucking people I know. And just because of the color of your skin, you've had these these situations that could have led to your fucking death. That's true. And the, the thing that I think about a lot was, were they racist or was it the nature of the call? There's a black guy running down the street. Well, I'm the only person running down the street, so I think about that going, hmm, I'm the only person on this road. It's a busy road, and there's me. So obviously the cops are going to have to go up to me because obviously I fit the description. So I kind of like go, mm, are they racist? Are they not? And I want to lean on the side that they're not. Right. And so I think about that a lot. And they could have been doing their job. Yeah. Or it could have been. And I can't be hard on them because they're doing their job. Right. But the people who did Big Floyd like that weren't doing their job. No. And it turns into, like, how many times have we, like, as a society, have heard stories like this? So is it just happened to be every time that they just perfect scenario? Or is there something more to the situation? Yeah. And it's like, maybe. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the officer saw, you know, so when I got pulled over. So I don't know. And I don't want to be like, oh, I hate cops. Because I don't hate cops. No. I don't hate white people. Right. But, I don't know, I think, I don't want to get, like, too political. But, like, I almost, like, want to talk about it more, if that's cool with you. Like, so, being African-American, well, I'm biracial, essentially. But I but I identify as black. When I'm hanging out with you, I'm like, yeah, we're bros. Hang out with most of my family. Most of my friends are white. But when I hang out with, like, people of color, like myself, there's, it's different. There's a connection, there's a bond that I don't have with anybody else. And it's nothing against them, but it's just like, all right, like I know what's up. It's just this home, peaceful feeling. So I'm like, I like that. So identifying as black and going, and I'll just, on the record, I am a part of Black Lives Matter, but looking at things for how they are, Seeing, like, we were talking about earlier, I see these shootings, and I see, like, these false arrests, and Black Lives Matter goes, hey, uh, what that officer did is wrong, we have to defund the police, we have to do this, we have to do that. And I'm like, look at Rayshard Brooks. He was drunk. Okay, everyone's like, he shouldn't have been shot in the back. Okay, well, he should have been arrested, okay, because, number one, he was drunk driving, he's passed out in the, in the drive-thru. So, number one, there's your first crime that you've broken. And then you blow, and it's like, okay, you've blown, I don't even remember what it was, like 0.18 or something, I don't even know, we're not going to throw numbers out there, but clearly drunk. 
Then he assaults an officer, two, grabs the officer's taser, lethal or non-lethal, I'll let you decide. I think it's non-lethal in some situations. Because if you look at it, and the statistics show, tasers don't work like 80% of the time. So I can see it as non-lethal, but the fact that he took it, was running away, shoots it back at the officer, goes to show that he doesn't care about anybody's life except for his own. And being in Black Lives Matter, I watched that video over and over. I'm like, yeah, he clearly fires it. So the officer is in the right. So we can't be saying justice for Rashad Brooks. Or I'm like, no, there's no justice that needs to be served. Justice was served. He's dead and the officer got wrongfully charged. And now he's facing murder charges for something that he was told to do and taught to do because he was doing his job. That's like me going to my job and handling a certain situation the way I was trained in school, work, and every way I'm taught. But then I'm going to jail and facing charges. Like, what? Like, I have to look at it from both sides instead of just this this group that I'm like, yeah, I'm a part of this group because of things that happened to me and my skin color. But I actually, I'm done with the group. I'm done with Black Lives Matter. I don't think that they don't matter. I mean, every life matters, and I understand the movement for All Lives Matter, and I understand the movement for Black Lives Matter. They definitely do, but when it comes to this group flipping the situation and making it look like it's the law enforcement that's doing a bad job and can't do their job, then they're the ones in the wrong. So this whole defund the police thing, I don't agree with it. I used to. I used to. I'd be like, yeah, Absolutely because of just what my social media pages were being flooded with was white cop kills innocent black man and it, it's not that way and the fact is they have to look at the facts and look at the story and we have to stop looking at color man because at the end of the day I believe red and so do you yep. so I don't know I think looking at facts would probably do them a lot of good yeah I think that that's a lot of the, it, I'm a big person who I always say this on the podcast is it's case by case by case by case. And, you know, if we start looking at individuals as individuals instead of a group, I think that that would change a lot of dynamics, not only including this one, but just, you know, life in general. Cause like you're, Jordan, you're not just a black guy. Yeah, I'm not Jordan the black guy, even though that might be my TikTok name, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm Wes. I'm not just the fat white guy. That's true. You know, everyone has, like, if we really, as a society, are all unique persons, why aren't we treating it like that? Why, why are we doing groupings? Now, is there a point in time where we have to look and be like, okay, there is a large group who are being mistreated. How can we change that? That is a conversation that has to happen. That is true. And that has to be progress. Like, cause I look at the situations now, like of the all lives matter versus black lives matter. I think where a lot of the argument gets lost is no one is saying only black lives matter. Mm -hmm. right yeah and that's why i sometimes disagree with this narrative of all lives matter no one is saying that no one else's lives matter either what i'm getting from this is there's a large portion of 
black lives where they feel like their lives don't matter to them, that they are getting this short end of the stick from, you know, all these situations with cops and all this other discrediting and whatnot. Like if there is that large of a group of people who feel like their lives don't matter, what do we need to change as a society to make all lives matter? Yeah. And yeah, and I agree with that. And it shouldn't even be like all lies. It should just be humans matter. Humans matter. Humans matter. Like, and here's the thing like, I've noticed being a part of these Facebook groups for Black Lives Matter, Twitter, Instagram, it doesn't matter what group it is. It's all basically the cops hate us because of the color of our skin. Our skin's a weapon to them. And, and that's, I don't think that's the case. Realistically, I don't. And I hate to call them out like this. But, I mean, and everyone's doing it, but I'm going to just jump, jump on, too. Because my skin color is not a weapon. Because I'll tell you what, being adopted um, and being raised by my parents who are white, like, I understand I was a different color. But whenever people would ask me when I'm young, like, what are you? I'm white. Like, <laughs> I didn't, you probably even remember that from back in, like, elementary. I didn't know. Yeah. I really didn't know. I was just like, I'm a little darker. Right. But I didn't know what race was then. But I guess what I'm trying to get at is you hear these things like, oh, the cops are bad. Like I'm saying, we got to defund the police, this and that. But it's black guys want to be loud and proud. And I'm like, I'm a proud black man for sure. But when you're in this group and it's your lives matter. And like I've seen these videos where people hold up signs like all lives matter. And then they go to another neighborhood and then it's a black lives matter. Like the black neighborhoods tear down the All Lives Matter sign. The white neighborhoods are like, yeah, like we agree, but we don't like support it. And the reason why I don't want to support it anymore is because we're segregating ourselves. And we're making it, we're making the situation worse by segregating ourselves. It's, it's ridiculous. It truly is. And making cops up to be the bad people. Well, maybe if you weren't doing committing crimes and doing bad things a majority of your time, then you wouldn't have a reason to hate the cops. The cops wouldn't have a reason to stop you. Thinking about it because you think of generational poverty and it's just poverty after poverty after poverty and that's just, that's all they know. So what are they doing? They're on the end of the corner slinging dope. And then they wonder why they're getting arrested and they're like, oh, my cousin was arrested for selling drugs. Like, did you hear yourself? He was committing a crime. And I understand that that mentality is like, I got to be out there hustling to provide for my family. Get a job. I can't get a job. Why? Because I don't have a high school diploma. Well, instead of involving yourself with gangs and out there committing crimes, invest in yourself a little bit. Invest in school. Because anybody can get out of poverty if they wanted to. They just have to work towards it. Instead of blaming the system, like, oh, it's because you're black. It's because, it's because we're black, we can't get a break. Well... It's not the case. There's plenty of people who've made it out of the hood and they've tried to explain this, but nobody will learn. Instead, these parents are out there telling their kids, you have to go play basketball. You're going to make it to the NBA. They're hustling hard. And guess what? 90% of them don't make it to the NBA or the NFL or any of these major league sports. And I think they were focusing on the wrong things. The parents are depending on them, on their kids, as an investment, they're like, our kids are an investment, so they better invest back in us. I think that's the wrong mentality to have. Well, it's like the, I mean, I, I feel kind of cringy quoting a Kendrick Lamar song, but I believe he says, you know, 
I can't remember the exact quote, but it's, you know, make the dreams more of becoming a lawyer or a doctor instead of a boy with a chopper holding the colorless sack hostage. You know, the, and I, as of someone, I can't speak on living in poverty. I can't. And me either. You know, yeah. I can't, I don't know, I, I, I can't say anything, right? What I can see from someone who observes in and someone who does partake in in some specific, like, music that talks about it and says how awful it is, like, it does seem like there is a what would really help is having the switch of mindset but I don't know I I never bring problems to the table that I don't have a solution for and I personally don't know what kind of solution there would be to try and get to a point where you know cities were better equipped to deal with you know raising everyone up together to be more focused on career paths because I think that's what a lot of you know things might be and like with the defunding of the police, I think that if we we can't get rid of the police, no way that that would be in a world where crime and everything would just go up regardless of what the situation is. Is there a point in time where maybe money can be allocated better to be to be put into schools and different things like that? Of course, but is that coming from the police necessarily? I don't know if that's a good idea. No, I don't. Think so. Speaking of defunding the police, like I think it was in Atlanta, sixty-nine officers will say, "Quit up and quit." Yeah. And there was like four different like little areas, or like, six different watch areas that had call times of eighty minutes and waiting. Right. And these people quit because they're afraid. If we go out there and do our job, are we going to be charged with murder? Right. Well, and I think too, what we we can't lose focus on what happened to George Floyd. Like, he got murdered. He straight up got murdered. He got murdered 110%. Like, I don't think there's anyone at this point who has done their research who is going to disagree. Yeah. Because there's nothing. And whether there's more to the story or the reasons why it happened, we really don't know. We don't know to this point because the gentleman who murdered this man... Derek Chauvin isn't giving all the information. Um, that situation in itself obviously has sparked what everyone is aware of now. And I do think that there needs to be some sort of switch in how situations across the board, not just with a specific group, but across the board, how situations are handled with the police. Cause like, you know, it, it there should never be a situation that guns are not involved where someone is going to die i mean what point do we get to the point where a civilian pulls out his gun and shoots a cop two or three times to save a life i mean what at what point i'm surprised no one did seeing if you watch the videos it's weird like having a medical background you see the emts you know jump out of the car out of their van and you know if i was an emt and i saw that i'd be like get the f off his neck are you crazy like i would be starting something right then and there but the whole thing is weird so in a crime scene when a body when someone is determined dead 
okay? Usually, they'll tape off the area. Maybe they'll put a white sheet on there, and they'll have the coroner or the ME come out and look at the body. But in this fact, like, they didn't even, like, try to revive him. Yeah. And they loaded him up into the back of the van. Like, what? Like, that doesn't make sense. There's steps you're skipping. That's what I don't get. One thing that I think, since I, if I were to present something to the table that I think needs to get looked at heavily is cop culture because you hear a lot of times from people who are either involved and leave the situation that it's a very hey if you don't have my fucking back i'm gonna end your career type of mentality and i don't know if that is vocalized or if they are all like we can't deny that being a cop is probably one of the most stressful jobs in the whole entire world because there's we've seen countless videos where a cop walks up for a traffic stop ends up getting shot at yeah. For one reason or the other. Like, we can't deny that that job is something that creates a lot of stress and creates a, a situ- situations that are unspeakable that you can't prepare for. Yeah. But what sh- could be switched is this us versus them mentality. Why are we, why are the cops no longer civil servants? Why are they higher than us? Why do we feel like we have to do everything that we're told? from a police officer that that culture shift is what needs to happen because if you look at the rest of the world like not the rest of the world if we look at other areas that we can compare ourselves to this shit doesn't happen that's true and i like how you said it's us versus them and it shouldn't be that way because at the end of the day the way how i view cops is you're just a dude with a badge who thinks you're tough like i understand your jobs to enforce laws but probably when it comes down to it, you don't know jack shit about laws. So when you're trying to flex your rights on me, I'm going to flex my rights back. Well, and I just don't know why there has to be an arrogance, right? Like, why do I feel like you're, like, even the situations where I've been pulled over, even if it was for something stupid, like, I've never felt respected. But mm-hmm. I am, it, 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 if I disrespect him, he could throw a lot of shit at me mm-hmm. that could potentially not only ruin my life, but I can end up spending time in jail. Yeah. Like and how is this, how is this dynamic fair? It, it, and it's not. Cause like when I see cops, obviously from my past, I get nervous. Like obviously like I was exchanging paintings. I paint and I was exchanging paintings with one of my friends. I see a cop and I see another cop. I was like, great. They're pulling up here. And I mean, hence it is like 12 o'clock at night, but my friend drove up from St. George. He lived more up North. And we're exchanging paintings, we're shooting the shit in the in the street, and someone called the cops. And I mean, I'm I'm grateful for my neighbors who are like watching out, making sure there's nothing crazy going on. But they're like, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" We're like uh, exchanging paintings, and the cops like, "Why are you shaking?" I'm like, "You guys make me extremely nervous." Like, right? Just a fact. And I mean, it's midnight. I don't have my wallet on me. I live like two houses down. And the cops like, "Why are you guys pointing at houses?" I'm like what are you talking about? We're not pointing at houses. We're pointing at paintings. I was like, we're painters. Like we're exchanging artwork. And he goes, he was really cool. And he goes, do you have your license? I was like, no. I'm like, but I know my license number. Here's my name. Here's where I live. Did the whole thing. The whole time I was shaking. I was just like, I don't know why I'm nervous. He goes, why are you so nervous? I'm like, you know, you guys, big boys in blue. Like you, you kind of ruined my life. Right. (laughs) So, but I don't hate them. That's the problem. Right. Cause I mean, yeah, that, that's that's where I have dilemmas with this, right? Because I I don't know what what to do. 
and going, I'm sorry to jump back, but you said like defunding the cops and like reallocating like the funds and going to school. I don't think it should be that. I think that in place, like in certain situations, whether it be there's a patient who or a person who calls and says, hey, I have a mental illness. This is my situation. I'm ready to kill myself. I understand cops are like, hey, we are trained in de-escalation. And I believe that. I believe that you have enough training to do it. But I also think maybe if we were to take some funds or not even take funds, but like move the funds around into still a part of the police department, don't have them be law enforcement officers. Like it's someone who's going to kill themselves, someone who's having a mental breakdown in the parking lot. Like the first thing you're going to want to do is pull up. I mean, the last thing you want to do, not the first, is pull up with lights and sirens blaring. You get out, you, you seem big and tough and you have a gun and a taser like, Ooh, that's going to infringe stress on a person. What we need is like a crisis intervention team or like therapists who can go and talk with the people, people who have been trained and have gone to school for this for years, not like one year of training or eight months of training people who have done this for a long time and understand. But I also think one thing we just need to stop arresting people and throwing people in jail for drugs. Yeah. Realistically, what what good are we doing? Because you throw somebody in jail, immediately, their peers and family are probably like, ah, the person's in jail. They're doing drugs. They're a bad person. They associate doing drugs as like, you have this shitty lifestyle and you can't do anything with your life. Well, I think what we need to do is take those people and get them into a rehab center. Get them in a place where their family and friends can come and help them. And say, hey, we don't hate you. We love you, in fact. And right. we're going to help you get better. And I'll go ahead. No, I don't have abscess. And just helping these people instead of locking them up and charging them because we're just filling up all these spaces in jail when we could be putting those people who are thieves, murderers in a prison cell, in a jail cell. Instead, people could be getting help and turning their lives around. Honestly, because, I mean, drugs are... Someone who uses drugs on a level that is, you know, addiction they're not going to ever get out of that addiction unless they get the help they needed. And if they're, like you said, if there was some way to change the whole entire dynamic on how it's treated with someone who's on drugs, because if you give them like this scary experience and now they have to go to jail, of course they're not going to stop doing drugs when they get out. Yeah. And then they go out and they do the same dose and they overdose. They don't have any resources. You know, giving people the resources is what they need. And you know, it, it's t- it's so tough talking about situations like this because, like, you know, I live in a pretty – we live in Utah that's fairly different than the rest of the world, right? Like, you know, when you look at places like Chicago, L.A., right? you know, how do you, how do you even tackle the first step? Because not only is it – there's so much poverty and so much murder and different things like that, like – everyone's corrupt and just trying to make money especially in the police departments like how like what do you really how do you how do you take a step like how do we as a society like look at it and like fix problems because like i think where we're at now at least from where i feel right is like we're we're getting past just having a conversation having a conversation wasn't working Right. Yeah. Opening those conversations of people feeling like they are getting 
put in bad situations because of their color of skin. That conversation alone was not doing enough. And now we're at a point with George Floyd getting murdered where we, where the society is escalating it. The people who want to see change are escalating it, right? The only, the, the thing is, is like, I agree with escalation. I think rioting is not a good idea. Yeah. Because there's, eye for an eye doesn't work when it comes to this. All you're going to do is create more hateful people. Mm-hmm. Right, or having protests to demonstrate what you, what we want to see and to cause enough uproar is important. But not having a sound plan is the problem. Now, we're starting, there, there's people coming forward with plans that actually could really be implemented and could change a lot of things. And, you know, we're even seeing the government responding to it so like what like the situations that are going on now are working like we're getting responses finally after years of conversation right but what is i'm worried what's going to happen is something you know the government's going to be like yeah we're going to make it so now every single time a cop kills someone now there has to be a trial of the cop whatever it might i don't know what the situation is going to be but then are we just going to stop? Like, is this just going to fall away like everything that does in the media where now we're done talking about it and it's on to the next big thing? Right. Because I don't think that that, I don't think that we are going to be able to, as a society, fix enough things like without long-term stuff. Like, how do we go into an, an inner city that is struggling so much with, you know, the average person is dealing drugs and using drugs and like crime. You have to commit crimes in order to survive. Like, how do we go in there and fix that problem? Because that's something that's not getting really talked about. Like we're we're talking about changing police dynamics. Sure. I, I There's some stuff that needs to be changed. But how are we going to change the core of some of these cities, like some of these areas? Like how, what what do we do? And that's the problem. It's like, I agree with that. It's just, how do we do it? Because I think that'd be going in and trying to change the mentality of the city. And people want to be people. I mean, they're going to do what they want. So, I mean, whether or not, I don't know. It's tough. Because, like, I mean, we, I would think that everyone would want to see people flourishing the best they can and people not dying over stuff like this and not having person-on-person violence over gang-related or drug-related incidents or different things like that. And then the cops also being on top of it and, you know, killing people over drugs and different things like that. Like, I think a normal sane person can agree that that needs to stop. Yeah. But where, what is that first step that we can really take is what, you know, and I know Obama has kind of came out and, like, he made a statement saying, like, if you want real change, you know, there has to be these are the steps we need to take to try and actually make it happen. And I think that that's I think there needs to be someone who will be a leader for this. And that's kind of what there is lacking because everyone's on social media with a different opinion. And there's not no one has really there's not really one thing where we everyone in society is like, yes, let's change that. That will help. Yeah, it's because you you have like these sides, like yeah, you know, like you're saying, 
everyone has to come together. But then you have like these sides, like you have the Black Lives Matter group, you have the All Lives Matter group, and then you just have the people who are just like we're just people. Well, and, and then there's the there's there's extremists on both sides, right? Yeah, and it's awful because like you know I saw the Terry Crews thing, right? Terry Crews was making tweets about you know white people aren't the problem it's and i i don't want to quote it i'm sorry i mean people are the subjects like this are hard because like you don't want to misquote but there was an argument between terry cruz and another um i don't remember if he was an actor or another influential person and like they just completely disagreed right and like but they both had points on each side but if we can't come together at any point it, I feel like we're protesting and doing these things and it's just going to get brushed under the rug again in America's history. Yeah, and, and something else I've noticed too is every year it's like a presidential election, something has to happen, something right. has to go on. And maybe this was it. Did anybody realize that when this whole all these protests were being uh, shown on TV and the riots that Hillary Clinton went to trial? No. Did you know that? No. Yeah, she got like what? Sure, she went to court over the whole Benghazi thing. Like, all the Benghazi emails. Like, so everyone's, like, super focused on what's going on with, like, George Floyd. But then, like, in the background, you have, like, Hillary Clinton going to court. And I think Obama was going to court. And, like, all these, like, all these big things are happening. So I'm like, is it a cover-up? Probably not. And I hope not. Yeah, I hope not, too. But then, like, all that stuff's going on and no one talks about it. That's some pretty big stuff. People yeah. died in that situation, too. More than one. Yeah. But... I, I think peaceful protesting works, but I think the peaceful protesting got to the point where MLK is like, yeah, yeah, we got the Civil Rights like Act, but you know, nowadays people are trying to protest and nothing's happening. So I think in the people's view, and, and I agree with them, taking it to the next step where you're rioting, you're looting, and you have to do these things to get the attention of not just the United States, but the world, I think that they're in the right because that's what is making it make the change. I'm fearful that if it, if rioting is what we, what society has to do to make change, that it's going to cause more hate in the long run. And I, yeah, and I agree with that. But do you think with just peaceful protesting, much would have been done? It's tough to say, right? Because, like, did you ever see a peaceful protest in the media? all I saw was riots. In that first initial, yeah, it was definitely the riots were in the media. And I think that that's what the me- I think that's what the media wants to show because that's what people want is because it gets people riled up. They're like, oh, there's a riot going on. Their city's burning down, and people are seeing that. And that's why I think that's what also makes it such as a toxic situation. People on like. I'm not going to just throw every person, but people are saying, oh, Black Lives Matter is burning down all these buildings. They're all out there rioting and looting. Well, maybe it's not just them. I mean, there's plenty of people who want free stuff, too. Oh, yeah. So you can't just say it's one group and just insist that it's them that's the bad ones. I think one thing, too, that we the conversation that needs to start happening is how corrupt the media is. We always talk about it. Everyone talks about it. The media is corrupt. There's always an agenda. But at what point are we going to stop being okay with it? Yeah, because media does lie. That's why I hate, like, that's why I took a break from social media. Social media lies. Every every person lies. It's, you know, left wing has their agenda, right wing has theirs. And it's just 
toxic, toxic, toxic. When is, and that's the problem because you see like these these heroes like Ben Shapiro or Crowder, and they call it as it is. I mean, they, they, and they pushed our agenda a little bit. But then again, isn't that what everyone's trying to do? Right. Is, to, is spread the truth, and I, that's the problem. How can someone tell the truth because it's an opinion? And then these people are like, "Yeah, that's the one. That's the that's the that's the truth." And everyone just assumes. And then, but then it was just his point of view. Maybe he was the only one there who's reporting. Right. So I don't know. The thing that gets me too is like even law enforcement doesn't want media to be there. Right. Shooting freaking media people in the face with pepper balls. So Salty Frank says, I think also there is a difference between the protesters to the rioters to the looters. When the first two are trying to make a change, the looters are taking advantage of a situation. It's a good point. Yeah, that is true. And like I've seen videos of the people, there's like videos of people blocking targets or linking arms. Like, don't do this. Don't burn down the city. Don't do it. And I mean, 10 people versus a mob, you're not going to win. But I appreciate you trying. Sure. I mean, but tell me this. We're going to jump back to Rayshard Brooks. Why did they burn down the damn Wendy's? What did Wendy's do? Well, Wendy's had a... There was a reason. Wendy's made a statement or... Shit, hold on. Yeah, let's look it up. Sorry, I'm just going to... There was a... An initial reason. Was the tweet verified? Um, let me see. Mm. Wendy's threw support behind Black Lives Matter. On June 3rd, then stop tweeting. Supporters like have criticized the brand's messaging. Oh, jeez. One expert says an example of brands jumping to do something. Oh, here it is. So Wendy's tweeted, in the coming days we'll be using our Twitter account to amplify black voices because what's the point of this big platform if we don't use it for what matters during times like these? Um, our employees and customers have spoken loud and clear. We know we have a lot more to do than a donation. No um, We're committed to doing the work and we hear you. And then they just ghosted. I guess that's... Yeah, I. Hmm. I don't know, and, and and here's the thing, right? Is like, <laughs> right and wrong is subjective, especially in situations like this, because me and you might be able to agree on something that's right, but then there might be a thousand other people who say what we agree is wrong, because yeah, everything's subjective and all. I think all that me and you are doing is trying to have a conversation and, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to give answers on something like this. Yeah. And it's, 
It is tough because like I like your point of view on things, and I hope like no disrespect from my point of view either. Oh no, absolutely like, not. And like I agree with most of the things you're saying. I'm like yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it is tough because, as someone who you know, in this whole grand scheme of things, right? Like, I'm just some white kid from suburbia in Utah. Like, <laughs> what does my opinion really matter? And to be honest, it doesn't. But what I can do as an individual and someone who generally cares about people is try and at least have conversations to let myself learn of situations, let myself try and grow as a person, and then take that and try and help. I, I don't think there's enough people who are even trying to help or have the conversation because honestly it is like it's kind of scary because we're you know it, it's I, I don't want to I, I don't know I'm not affected as much by it but I have people who are in it it makes me mad and it makes me sad yeah but I what do we do besides support? Exactly. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe do what I do and just try and look at it as maybe someone has to do their job. Maybe that's their job. And at the end of the day, what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong, you know? And like mm-hmm. I said, like, I, I, I want to view him like, oh, do I want to see him as racist or do I want to view him as doing their job? Because I'm yeah. looking at it as very, it's very, like you said, very circumstantial based things that are happening that we have to look at. And George Floyd was murdered. That's just fact. That is fact. Awesome, I don't get those. Like, all these black people are getting hung, hanged. Oh, yeah. Lynched. And I'm like, what? I don't get that. And Because you see the reports, it was suicide. I'm like, no, no black yeah. person's going to hang themselves. Look at the suicide rates of black people. It's the lowest. Right. Every day is a living hell. We don't want to go through. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't know. So we're, we live in an interesting time. Hate is real. But also, I can't blame the rioters and looters for real, though, because we've been locked up for three months. Yeah, People got to get out. And they're yeah, like, people... we got some anger. We got to get it out. And then this <laughs> happens, and you're going to make a whole nation that. I think the one thing that is interesting is, you know, you and I are living during something that, like, because I think through our childhood, right, like, we've had some historical events happen, right? Like, we lived through 9-11. Yeah. That will go down in history for as long as America's America, right? Yeah. But after 9-11, like, besides war involvement, what really has there been for our history of our lives? There hasn't really been, like, presidents. That will always be history. You know, political events will always be history, you know. Boston bombing, you know, there's events in history, in our history, right, that will always be there. But I really think 2020, with the mix of COVID and everything that's going on with George Floyd, will be something that we will look back 40 years from now and will still be like, that was history. That is something that we have to, that was so prevalent. Like this, what's going on right now could literally change the whole entire yeah our whole entire future and the stock market crashed worse than it ever has yeah uh i got some money from the government (laughs) (laughs) stimulus yes stimulus. i saw this quote i'm gonna because i have it on my phone it's true it says uh 
it was by Charlie Kirk. He said, "Burning down, burning an American city to to the ground won't bring George Floyd back." And someone replied, "Bombing Middle East countries won't undo 9/11." I'm like, "You're spitting truth right there." And what are we doing over there? We're wasting time, money, resources, lives. Just pull out. I mean, isn't there a conversation that no one wants to have with how much money it's making America? Right. I think that's the problem. At what point do we start? I think that's a conversation for 2021. Yep. Fuck. Well, I think that's how we close this podcast, honestly. I agree. I think that there's not anything that we can follow up with that's going to be more prevalent than the reality that we're living in right now. Very true. I don't know. I don't really know how to close out with any final statements, but I really think that if you're listening to this, you made it to this point, you know, thank you for listening to our conversation and our opinions on the situation and, you know, take it for that. Like, we're just trying to share what, how we feel because each of us are individuals and each of us do need to try and voice how we feel and there needs to be some sort of consensus that will be the best for society. Yeah, you couldn't have said it better. I think if whether or not this reaches one person or, I don't know, 10,000 people or even more, I mean, at the end of the day, we had a good conversation, civil people, two different viewpoints, and joined our views at the end. Yeah, I think that's important because if more of this could happen, maybe there'd be less problems in the world. I agree. Thank you guys for listening. I'm not going to give you any spiels on any other bullshit about social media. You guys know what's important right now in life. Have a good night. Take care. See you later.